previously at the Macarius Avenue. So this morning I'm zeroing in on the eternal covenant. Probably most of you have not heard it before. I'm zeroing in on the eternal covenant. Somebody say the eternal covenant. In Jeremiah 32 verse 39. Jeremiah 32 verse 39. God said through Jeremiah through a prophetic word. He said, and I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them and for their children after them. Then verse 40, he said, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to them to do them good but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Glory to God. So God through Jeremiah prophesied about the everlasting covenant, which means that the covenant that God was going to make between him and his children, that will never be broken from now to eternity. And that is a powerful covenant. Now, if you read through the Bible, you can understand that there are different covenants that God made with people. The first covenant that God made with uh, anybody was the Adamic covenant. So there is what we call the Adamic covenant. So God made a covenant with Adam and gave him the whole earth to rule. Hallelujah. The seal of that covenant was going to be the tree of life. That the day Adam would have eaten of the tree of life, that covenant would have been sealed perpetually. So God was looking up to Adam to go through the precepts of that covenant till he eats of the tree of life. And Adam fell. If Adam had eaten of that tree, man would have remained in his sin forever and ever. So it was the first covenant that didn't have a seal. Praise God. Then we had the Noahic covenant, which we talk about Friday. God made a promise to Noah that he will not destroy the earth again with water. Praise God. And he said that covenant was going to also last. And that covenant was sealed with the rainbow. And he said, as long as you see this one, it shows that the earth will never be destroyed by water and flood again. Clap your hands for the Lord. Then God made a covenant with David. God made, it's called the David covenant. Then God made a covenant with Moses called the Mosaic covenant. Now when Jesus Christ came, God realized that man kept breaking his covenant. But God was always doing his part. Anything he told man not to do, man would do it. So God looked in and realized that no, these people are not able to keep my covenant. Therefore, I shall come down myself into the womb of a woman and become a man just like them. Then I will make a covenant with myself. Hallelujah. Hey, are you sure you are here? So God made a covenant with himself through the coming of Jesus. And that was the beginning of the new covenant, which is the New Testament. Hallelujah. So the New Testament came in because of a covenant between God and Jesus. And when he said that a covenant cannot be established after that, or a testament cannot be established when the testator is alive. 
But after the testator is dead, then a covenant is made in place. And the New Testament was sealed with blood. That makes it a very serious covenant. And that, that's where we are all beneficiaries of that covenant. Clap your hands for God. Then God made a covenant with Abraham, which is called the Abrahamic covenant. That was also sealed with blood. That is why even that one, we are also still partakers of the Abrahamic covenant. Because he said that the promise was not to Abraham and his seed, that was Isaac. But he said that it was Abraham, the seed he was talking about was Christ. So he said that if ye be Christ, then you are, you are partakers of the Abrahamic covenant. That was a covenant of blessing and prosperity. And that is going to last forever and ever. As long as Jesus tarries, if you are a seed of Abraham, that is if you are Christ, then you are a partaker of that Abrahamic covenant. So there is nothing wrong to say that Abraham blessings are mine. Some of you don't know Hebrews chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, sorry. Let me look for it for you. Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 3, sorry. Verse 15, this is the Abrahamic covenant, which I will teach fully in, in part of this series, but I'm giving you the headlights. Are you learning something? If you're learning something, clap your hands. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet it is confirmed. No one annuls or adds to it. He's telling you how powerful that covenant is. Let's go. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say to and to seeds. He said to one seed. That seed we talked about was Isaac. It's not to all his seeds. Now he said, as many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is? Add it. It's a teaching service. Oh. And I remember saying me preachy. And to his seed, which is what? Christ. Christ. Uh-huh. Let's go, verse 17. And this I say, that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. That it should be, it should make the promise of no effect. So he's telling us that we shouldn't think that because they, they said that to Abraham and Isaac, which is Isaac, which over 300 something years before, he said we shouldn't think that because Christ has come, that is of no effect. That Abrahamic covenant is still lasting. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Let's go. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. It was not by anything by the law because he existed before the law. Let's go. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. God is trying to tell us something here that any relationship really that has to be really be established, it has to be established through covenant. Because no relationship can stand the test of time if it's not covenant. Are you sure you are here? Now, I'll talk about some of this things next week about covenant relationships. And marriage is the highest form of a covenant relationship. 
And the marital covenant is sealed not only with sex. The marital covenant is sealed mostly by children. So if somebody has a child between that's why baby mama is a dangerous thing. Ah, they are not here. It's very dangerous. If somebody has a child with you through the marriage covenant and the marriage breaks, maybe you don't understand. The marriage has broken, but it has not been broken. Your DNA is in the child. The mother's DNA is in the child. The you two are apart, but the children are a proof that both of you live together. And it cannot be annulled until you kill the children. And you cannot kill the children. And some children so look like their parents that you don't need a paternity test to prove that way banner or banner. Their head alone look like their father. Jesus Christ. Clap your hands for the Lord. Their head alone look like their father. You see why people are doing wedding and the most important thing is pictures. Pictures? In today's world of Photoshop, when somebody can Photoshop you and say that he has ever been married to you and you don't even know the person, and you find yourself together, you are like, when did I marry you? And he said, this is the proof of the picture. The children are a proof. That's why God blesses us. It's a gift that if we need children, we cry on him. He will give it to us. Ah, this dental, if there is a need of a child... By the covenant God has with us, let children be produced. They seal the covenant. That's why after divorce, you realize now, even if you go legal way, you are, you are fighting. Who will keep the child? Who will keep the child? So you have separated. The person is also married. But the children, they are going after daddy. You never want to see daddy again. Even if you don't want to see daddy, the child wake up in the morning, he's acting like daddy. There is some DNA inside him that have been put inside him. <laughs> One day I went somewhere. I was sitting. I was just sitting down. And the guy just came to me like, Ah, are you not Peter's son? Like, I so look like my dad. I can't deny it. He said, the way you sat there, you started chewing your nails. Oh, you have taken after your father. I didn't even know I would chew my nails. He said, that's when your father said that I do that. Is, uh, then he started writing his nails. He has studied my... It's, it's, it's inside. So that is how covenants are sealed. Now I'm coming to that because in the natural, that is how it is. God sealed his covenant, the New Testament, through his blood. And when he sealed it through the blood, he gave us power to become children of God. Which means that we cannot deny that God's DNA is in us. Oh, these people, they didn't hear it. If anybody says you're not a child of God, you are. Because by the covenant, you have become a partaker of the DNA of God 
through the covenant that God made with Jesus. And you have become a produce of that covenant. That is why you don't have a covenant with God, but you are a child of the covenant. I'm enjoying of the covenant that God has with Jesus. I've become a son of God. You cannot take it from me. Yeah, I may misbehave and do something, but yes, I'm still the child of God. Oh, shout it, I'm a child of God. Our Christian work has a vital part, but it has a legal part. If you don't understand the legal part, the devil will deal with you. Because if you don't know that you are a child of God and these are your rights, the devil will take you from you. Through Calvary, there are things that you have received that the devil cannot take from you. I'm a child of God. These people, they don't believe that they are children. You are a child of God. He said he made us in his own likeness. Likeness doesn't mean that our head looks like God. Our nose looks like God. No. Likeness means that we have taken of his nature. If your spirit is divided and if they can have a spiritual DNA, which I don't know which machine can, but if they should do a spiritual DNA, they will realize that you are a child of God. Because your DNA will prove. They say paternity. God kind. Oh my God. You did something wrong. You want to kill yourself. You're a child of God. Through the covenant, I have rights. I can pin down the devil. The devil is not my co-equal. Demons are not my co-equal. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You have to say this over and over till it enters into your head. And it becomes your mindset. Daily, you are a child of God. Can I get a very big amen? So he made an everlasting covenant with them. Hallelujah. 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 Hebrews chapter 13. Oh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 9 first. Are you being blessed by the word? Hebrews 9 verse 16. For where there is a testament, there must also be a necessity to be the death of the testator. Uh For a testament is false after men are dead. Since it has no power at all while the testator is alive. So as long as the testator is still living, then there is no testament. Now, in legal terms, your will is called a testament. As long as you are alive, that testament cannot be of effect because you are not dead. So if a child comes to you and says, I want my inheritance now, he's trying to tell you that he's considering you that you are dead. That is what happened to the prodigal son. The father is telling him that you cannot. It's like Prince Charles and the mother. You can't become the next king or queen until Queen Elizabeth is dead. And the woman has refused to die. So you can become a crown prince. Whilst your mother is... (laughs) 90 something, you are 70 something. So you, you have to even look at somebody younger. So you, it has bypassed you. Because your mother has refused to die. So your father can write his will and even show you the will. That this house, so, so, and so, and so, and so, so. 
But what seals his death is that when I die, if your father is going 120, he's not dying now. You cannot take it. If not, you are wishing that he dies. He can let you use it, but you can't change the name to your name. If not, you are saying that, Daddy, I consider you dead because the testator still lives. Now, he's saying that whatever the new covenant was through the death of Jesus. So, Jesus, as long as he was alive, the promises of the New Testament cannot be enforced. So, the disciples work with Jesus, but yet he came to establish the testament. But as long as he was alive, you cannot enjoy the promises because the promises can only come after his death. So on Easter, we don't cry that Jesus died. We are actually happy that he died. Clap your hands for God. Because if we are sad that Jesus died, then it means that we are not glad to receive of the promises, which the new covenant leads us actually into the eternal covenant. Oh, I'm a child of God. Look at it. Since it has no power at all, power be a name. You can go and steal your father's will. It has no power. Because he that is alive can change it. He's still alive. Let's go. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. Uh-huh. For when Moses has spoken every precept to all the people, according to the Lord, he took the blood of calves. You see? So apart from the testament that he gave to them, the blood of bulls and goats were slaughtered to also seal it in that sense. Scarlet wool, high soap, sprinkled both book in itself and all the people. Uh-huh. Let's go. Saying, this is the covenant, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Uh-huh. Then likewise, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. Let's go. And according to the law, almost all the things are purified with blood. You remember the purification. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Thank God Jesus died. So when Jesus died on the cross, our sins were remitted. This was not the blood of bulls and goats. This was the very blood of Jesus. The very blood of God. The sinless blood of Jesus Christ. So through that, the testament is established. Now, through the blood, I've become a child of God. Not only have I become a child of God, all my sins have been remitted. The Adamic nature in me have been cleansed, washed away, not for me to talk about it again. Now, the danger is with most preachers and most born-again people. Sometimes, the way we talk about our past is as though we are happy. The born-again guy is talking about his past, how he used to love women. And he's excited saying it. And even saying it, he says it's a testimony. And he's laughing. Those things can only be shared by the permission of God. Paul did many crazy things, but Paul didn't give us the details. Because somebody will look at it and say, no, I also have to do some. And one day, God will forgive me. But it may not be like that for you. But Paul says that once some time ago, we walked in these things. But thank God. He was not happy sharing it so that everybody knows know that we have been somewhere before. 
Those days we used to clap. It is, it's of no effect. Your testimony is not what to change somebody. The gospel is the power to bring men unto righteousness. Can I get, can I get a very big amen? Somebody, if you tell them that I used to also clap and know that they will identify with you. It's not true. Your, your testimony is the testimony of Christ that changes a man. Thank God for the testimony of Christ. Through the blood, I've now received the new covenant established. So the new covenant has been established by a testament, by Jesus' death. And that is why we have the new testament. The new testament doesn't start from Matthew. The new testament started after the death of Jesus Christ. And he said that it comes with better promises. Better promises. Better promises. And some of the better promises are health. The new testament doesn't only listen to the, it doesn't provide healing at all. Healing was from the Old Testament. All right. All right. So the new God as Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is the healing God. But the testament brings health. It brings health. That is why some of the time, Paul even reached a certain place and talked about immortality. Paul even thinks that the testament is so strong that if you refuse to die, you will live. That's how Paul believed. Paul believed that through this testament, you can decide to live to Jesus comes. He said, if you can only live by it. He's not even talking about only disease. You can be so healthy that you don't even want to live here. Till Jesus is calling, he said, Jesus, I'm not coming. And Jesus said, angels, catch him and bring him now. It happened to Moses, Old Testament. Moses couldn't die. God had to say, Moses, go to the mountain and die. And Moses would have refused it. But he knew that, no, he has misbehaved. And that there is somebody called Joshua who must continue. If Moses doesn't die, Joshua's ministry is stuck. So Moses said, I hear you, sir. And he went to Mount Nebo, laid down and died. And God himself buried him and they didn't find the body of Moses till now. And the Bible said, how much more glorious would the new covenant be? It means that healing is, that's why I say healing is the bread of the children. So if healing is bread, health is the butter. I live in health. Oh, clap your hands for God. Say, I live in health. So you're not the one that will come, you'll be sick, you're looking for healing. Rather go for health. That's why we do 30 days of health. People didn't take it serious. Health is mine. You see, these people, they don't believe. These people want to be sick and go to the hospital. Health is mine. One day somebody said he had a disease and they prayed for him. He went to check and it's still in his blood. But he refused. He said it's not there. When he lived, they realized that though he didn't take the medications, this is by faith. If your faith has not read there, you go and do this, you just die. Let me put a caution to that. Someone say, ah, is that how it works? And you have been watching Nigerian movie all your days. You are not reading your Bible, you are not praying. You will die. The guy stayed in the way. And he said, no, it's not gone. He didn't take the medication, but the symptoms never came. He lived on, and he lived on, and there were no symptoms. Clap your hands for the Lord. Are you sure you are here? So the new covenant is on a better, if God gave them healing there, we are on a better one. It is called health. Health is, oh my God. My kidneys are intact. Say it, say it. Someone say, oh. Say, my kidneys are intact. 
my heart is intact. Everything in my body is working. Can I get a very big amen? Clap your hands and shout glory. Oh, if I'm teaching good, shout the glory. Hallelujah. Let me finish. You can teach on this until Jesus comes. Hebrews chapter 29, 13. This is a powerful teaching. You got to listen to it over and over. Hey, you can't you come miss uh, this match. March is my month, so I'm giving you all the goodies. If you are born in man, shout glory. glory. Those of you too, God bless you. <laughs> Hebrews 13, I said verse 20. Oh my God. Hebrews 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who has brought us, who have brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is the great shepherd. Oh, the great shepherd. You are going astray. Jesus is still pulling you. That great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He said, through the blood of the everlasting or eternal covenant. Now, the promises of the new covenant is to usher us into the everlasting covenant. The everlasting, if you don't accept the things in the new covenant, you cannot enjoy the everlasting covenant. Everlasting means that everything in that covenant is forever. The promises of the everlasting covenant is forever. It is everlasting. Remember, he prophesied to Jeremiah that I will establish an everlasting covenant with them. And it is through the new covenant, the everlasting covenant is established. Let's go. To make you complete. So the essence of the another in King James, the N, uh, this NKJV, the KJV says to make you perfect. So the eternal covenant brings us to the place of perfection. And in the eternal covenant, perfection is possible. So he brings you through the new covenant, perfecting you till you have become everlasting perfect. That is why even after the end of this age, we, those who have died and God, they are called the spirit of just men, made perfect. And they are going to remain in that state for everlasting to everlasting. Clap your hands for God. The everlasting covenant takes you away just from health. It brings you to the state where you don't die again. Remember, the last enemy that will be defeated is death. So when we cross over from this plane, you cannot die again. You have ushered into the eternal covenant where you and Jesus are going to be together forever. It's a forever covenant. Nothing will break that covenant again. And when you are a child of God, the devil will not deceive you again. There will be no pain again, no headache again, no crying again, no marriage again. No marriage is an everlasting covenant. Someone say, ah, you got to ask you what No marriage again. At that moment, no pain. And the everlasting covenant shows us. That is where we are going to. If somebody died with one leg, in the everlasting covenant, his, his leg is restored. If you died out of a sickness, you don't go into the everlasting covenant with sickness. No. 
And in the everlasting covenant, everybody looks like 30. You don't need cream to look young. You will look like 30. If you see Abraham, you can know that uh, this man, you can just know that he has lived long. But he still looks fresh. You look at his beard and say, uh, how come you have grown and long? It's like, it's a man, it's a boy. Clap your hands for God. It's like, yeah, you're a boy or you're a man. You are not aging. Oh, I love the everlasting covenant. But when I, I have to accept the new covenant, walk in it, that is why I like the song, which is said that all these things are a foretaste of glory divine. We are heirs of salvation. Oh, come on, I need you to shout. Shout glory! In the everlasting covenant, we have bypassed prosperity. You are not looking for your faith to ask God for something. You think it, it is done. There is no need. You are bypassed the place of need. You are not thinking about anything. And he said that covenant will never change. That is how it's going to be from forever to forever. And God said, I have established it through the blood. And so shall it be. If you are enjoying of the new covenant, thank God you are enjoying it. And that you are entering into the everlasting covenant forever and ever. Clap your hands for God. This is what angels look at and say, who is man that you are so mindful of? Who is he at all? So the angels are jealous of us. They say, who are we at all that God would be so mindful of us to, to try to bring us into some covenants? All the other covenants were changed, broken. Mosaic covenant broken, but look at this. It's forever and ever. Where time shall be no more. Glory to God. So when, I, when you see yourself, see perfection. Now, as you are enjoying of the new covenant, it's helping you to understand the eternal covenant. Which is for some people put them together. Which, theologically, they are not wrong anyway. Because it's out of this that this came. I hope you are getting it. But some of the promises remain here. That is for the eternal covenant, or everlasting covenant. That's why some of them are bold to preach one saved, forever saved. So they are not entirely wrong and they are not entirely right. Because you have to fulfill whatever is in the new covenant to be able to enjoy the eternal covenant. So if you didn't fulfill it, then you might not really enter into the everlasting covenant where I can see every Macarius child. Oh, clap your hands for God. That will forever be in it all the days of your lives. If you never became a millionaire on earth, forget it. Millionaire dollars, dollars is paper. Paper printed for us that we are fighting over. There is a better promise. No one will see heaven and want to remain here. No matter how you love your wife or your husband, if Jesus is coming for them and Jesus did this and they saw the glory, they tell their husband, I'm going. Some people can leave their husband because of UK and destroy their marriage and run away. And they will now come to come back. 
and they marry another man, how much more this one? You tell the, the husband we pray, may you not die. Then she will pray in her heart, may I die. May I die. May I die. Because there is something beautiful. Now let me show you how people die. My time is up. Clap your hands. When you are a true Christian, death shouldn't be, you shouldn't be afraid of death. Because the few minutes that you get out from your body, it looks like you are dreaming. Your body just translates. It's like dream. It's like a sweet dream. But by the time you are realized, you have entered into a reality world more real than this part of the world. And you'll be like where I am. And the angel say, you are welcome to glory. It's an everlasting glory. Everlasting glory. Everlasting glory. Jesus said, everything shall be wiped. No pain. No ayah. There are men who have lived in this world and they say for 50 years they never got sick. Imagine the everlasting covenant. That is why, that is why when you're working with the house of God, give it your all. Because there is an everlasting covenant that I will, I will forever be in it. That is why those who will not be raptured won't to them. If you are not raptured, you'll, be, you'll become a tribulation saint. The tribulation saints will not have the glory we have even after they have been saved. So when we come back with Jesus, though they'll be among us, their bodies will not be glistering like ours. They will not have a glorified body. So the Bible says, after 1,000 years, Satan will be released. To deceive who? To those guys. Be because they have not yet been fully transformed, which they will. But that one too is through another process. So now that I can't wait for that process. Now let me process myself through the new covenant so that I can enjoy the everlasting covenant. I see you, you will come up into red. All of us will enjoy of the everlasting covenant. Clap your hands and shout glory to God. And as I'm closing, the devil will try to put guilt on you. If something happened and it's gone, it's gone. It is gone that it's all gone. Because it is only in the new covenant that is where sins are remitted and washed away perpetually. 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 But what will prevent you is that you still have the pain of 20 years is still in your heart. Somebody betrayed you 15 years ago. It is still in your heart. It will not allow you to enjoy fully of the new covenant. This morning you want to allow every pain to go. If somebody betrayed you some time ago, you know, make it look like it never happened. Ah, I'm a not God, but we have his DNA. We want to be like him. We have to practice it. Did he do anything? I don't remember. It is gone. It is gone. Why? It will cleanse my heart to be able to receive fully of the new covenant and all of its benefits. One of the areas where the devil will kill us is through offense and pain and bitterness because our fellow man will keep hurting us and that's where the devil's weapon is. Will you allow the hurt to go? Will you allow the pain to go? Yeah, yes, it's not coming. Someone say, man of God, let me go out and deal with the person first and now let me come and forgive. No, let it go. Put your hand on your chest, Father. I let the pain go. Say it again. Say it again. 
Say it again. I can't hear you. I let the head go. That is why some of you, I'm excited about you, the way you are working in the house of God. You are giving your all. You are not allowing your work to take you from God. You are not making excuses. Anybody who is making excuses to serve God doesn't understand the covenant and doesn't know where he's going. You will not be here forever. You think you'll be here forever? No. Though you won't live long, but if he says it's time, it's time. One day I was praying for a gentleman and I look at him and I say, if this guy lives long, he will go to hell. He has never lived one week without sin. Pray for him. Tomorrow morning he's inside again. So I was interceding on God. I said, Father, take him home. Take him home. You can pray prayers for some people like that. Take him home. Sometimes you have a stubborn child. You have done whatever. And you are praying that he should change. He's not changing. Some of the prayer Father, let him be saved so he can go home. Because you don't want your child to miss heaven. That is what, look, when I see Prophet John's children working in the house of God, I say, God, this is beautiful. Greatest legacy. That your children have not been left, just been left with a house and a Lamborghini, and they are just driving and they go to hell. You will not like that sight. But that you are leaving them a legacy of God. That even whilst you are away, they can still serve God. Knowing that they are secured. That one day when they are out of their body, they shall be present with Jesus. And not only will they be present with Jesus, we shall be reunited again. If you have an uncle that died many years ago, with the everlasting covenant, we shall meet again. If you have somebody that died 15 years ago, with the everlasting covenant, we shall meet again. We shall meet Moses again. We shall meet Joshua again. We shall meet Paul again. We shall meet the saints of old. We shall meet them again. If your grandfather was born again, you shall meet him again. If your mother was born again, you shall meet him again. But what to the man, if the, none of his family is born again, you will never see them again. It will look like they never existed. Children of God, let's enjoy the new covenant. Let's give it our best. Let's allow offenses to move away. Let's do all we can and let's enjoy of the eternal covenant. And to end it, our God is a covenant keeping God. Can you be outstanding and just take him?